all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with Dr. Michelle Owens, my my co-host, girlfriend, (laughs) lady boss, all of the above. Fellow doctor in crime. Oh, the (laughs) D.I.C. We are here talking about the elusive work-life balance. The doctors are in, and we are not making house calls, but we're taking your phone calls. So oh, my goodness. Give us a call and share your stories, your thoughts. You know, I kind of, spoiler alert, I was out at dinner with some friends last night, and I told them what we were going to be talking about. Did they laugh and choke on their food? No. I, they said we should also add Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and unicorns. <laughs> Other things that don't exist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but th- but it did prompt, at least for a few moments, in what was otherwise just a casual dinner among friends, very interesting conversations. And um, this was a couple's dinner we were at last night with some good friends of ours. And, um, I, you know, one of the questions that I posed is I like to be the provocative uh, you like it, to pose. I like to be the provocative <laughs> interrogator. Um, so the question wow. that I asked, you know, because it was... It was a couple's group. We were a mixed group. And so I said, you know, what are what are the messages for men? And I know, you know, we're Southern Remedy for Women. We love the fact that we have a huge male following our listeners and the people who support us on this show. And um, the other thing is, you know, is that an issue? I was like, what is because I feel like as women, we preferentially are, it, this is one of those things that might be message fatigue for us now. Like you keep hearing about it, work-life balance, work-life balance. Um, and this concept of, of balance as it exists in general. And um, I wondered, I asked the question, I said, as, as guys, because I asked the fellows at the table, um, as guys, do you guys, do you get this? I mean, do people, do they talk to you about this? Is this a topic of conversation? Because I can tell you, and you know this because we are friends outside of, you know, being colleagues and, and doing this wonderful thing here together every Friday. But, you know, this is what we talk about as women um, when we get together for lunch or when we're at dinner. At some point in each of those interactions, there's at least some little discussion about some of the challenges of finding balance. And so I asked that question and one of the gentlemen said, well, to me, I don't know that it's really any of that. It's like no such thing. It's not work-life balance. It's just, it's just that it's life and there are highs and lows and it's more about stress mitigation or controlling stress. Um, but there's no such thing. It's like, think about it. Do you compartmentalize like a work life and a home life? And I, and I thought, I said, well, and I, and that kind of brought me back to why is this something that as women, we feel like is probably something we discuss more than maybe our male counterparts. And I said, I guess because there was a time, a la Beaver Cleaver, et cetera, where 
there where women's lives were all focused and centered on the home. But this concept that we are unidimensional um, and have to just do one or the other and that there's not any any uh, any overlap or that it doesn't bleed over in, into one or the other, I think is, a, is kind of a little archaic um, and is probably not really accurate because, you know, whether male or female, I think just now our lives are all very busy um, and we have... Everybody has less time. Everybody's busy. Even if, even for women who don't work, I don't think we should overlook them too. They're busy. Like yeah. the work might not be like a job where you punch the clock, but there are so many things to do that the day gets filled up before you know it. Some of the, my busiest times have been like when I'm home on maternity leave and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mistakenly, having gone to school like forever, feeling like <laughs> and always had a job since I was 16 years old, those times when I kind of didn't have anything to do but be at home, I had this mistaken thought that, oh, I'm going to get so much done because I'm just going to have nothing to do. Yeah. And, uh, wrong. <laughs> right? I know, and so like, yeah, and that's the thing, right? So you feel like you have available time or free time. And then what's the first thing you start doing is piling stuff into that free time. That's right. Um, so, so the it's doctors are in. We're chatting about balance in life, whether it's career and motherhood for women or for those people who are just striving for balance. I think we're all looking for some sort of balance, uh, some level of happiness in life. Um, if you have a secret to success, if you have a story you'd like to share or a question you'd like to ask, please Give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We also are accepting emails um, to women at mpbonline.org. So yeah, Allie, I you know I, I was thinking about this, um, the whole concept of because at one point in time. Um, I felt like I really was just all focused on my career. And then as um, and and at one point in time, I thought that that was probably what was what I was going to do. I felt like that was kind of my calling, what I was meant to do. I was going to be a physician. I was going to do have an academic career. I was going to do my research and see patients and and really put all of my efforts and energies into that. Um, And while I have come from a great family and, um, you know, have have a pretty large extended family. Um, I was kind of like, eh, you know, if it happens, that's great. If not, whatever. Um, and then as my family has grown and I've changed my priorities um, and added new things on the list as I've continued to grow and evolve and there are new things that I love and new things that I want to be a part of and, and experience, you know, it it is one of those things where we feel this pressure for whatever reason to have to do everything. And at least for me, I think one of the greatest liberating experiences that I still am am trying to learn and wear comfortably is how to unleash the power of no in my life. And, you know, it's hard because some of the things that lead us to wonderful experiences um, and taking advantage of great opportunities are very much tied to our flexibility and willingness to say yes. 
And that's whether it's to say yes to something that might be a stepping stone to get you to another place. If it's to say yes to a mentor or a friend who could potentially create a another opportunity. So you see it as like a, a introductory step to get you to another place or what have you. Saying yes is a great thing. And I've been sitting in seminars where people talk about balance and talk about career achievements and being active in your community and in professional organizations. And one of the things that's a uniform um, statement is always say yes. And um, and I think that there's definitely a place for yes, but I think that people have to. I'm laughing at our producer right now as he's gesticulating to me. Um, but uh there also, I think, has to be a place where you can be comfortable with and can look at certain situations, weigh those situations, and very confidently and very politely say no. I say no, thank you. Um, and it's funny because that started with my girlfriend and I. We were out when I was, I was in medical school and we were out one, one day. And there was a guy who fancied himself fond of her. And um, he was trying to get her attention and wanted to take her out. And I learned something very meaningful, and it sticks with me to this day. And I know that this particular friend is not in our listening audience. She lives very, very far away. Um, but I've never forgotten this about her. He was he came to her and wanted to give her his number, wanted them to, you know, maybe I'd love to take you out for dinner. And she looked at him and she batted her eyes and just as pleasant and sweetly said, no, thank you. <laughs> and and so that's something, you know, people don't like to hear no. If they're asking you questions, usually they're asking you questions because they want you to say yes. Or if they're suggesting something, they want positivity or a an affirmative or positive answer. Um, and I think that there's something to be said for elegantly and gracefully being able to say no, thank you. Um, or not right now. Or to say, you know, that sounds like a wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much for thinking of me. But and but no, thank you. And what about bowing out of something that you already had been doing and maybe wasn't fulfilling you? Yeah, that's another thing. So but saying I, no before it starts and then saying, you know what? Not anymore. Well, and I, <laughs> exactly. And I think that um, but there's a certain level of courage yeah. that that one has to have to do that. Um, but I think that the first thing is that you have to just be true to yourself about the things that matter most and then to start systematically figuring out how to prioritize the things that matter mer matter most that matter most um so we are uh, about to take our first break um it's just dr brown and dr owen sitting in here at southern remedy for women we are talking about career, motherhood, balance, work-life balance, whatever you want to call it, um, trying to find balance in life and talking about our experiences. We'd love to hear yours. Um, if you'll hold on just a little bit, we'll be right back after this quick break.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back at Southern Remedy for Women. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm joined here by my co-host, colleague, friend, Dr. Allie Brown. Um, And today we are talking about something that is not directly um, a medical issue, but can have implications on our overall health and wellness. Um, We talk not only about physical health, but also emotional health. And we're all about that pursuit of happiness. But I really want you occasionally to catch some. So don't just be in pursuit. Catch you some happiness sometimes. Um, So we're talking about um, work-life balance or really finding balance in in our lives. And um, we can talk a little bit uh, in the course of the show, hopefully, about some of the things that can happen when we don't have that balance and then also some things that we might be able to do um, to achieve more balance in our lives. Um, So one of the things that I do want to also pose to our listening audience today is um, how we how we talk and think about things Um, and to just kind of challenge us. I think now we live in a, a, a society where people are definitely um, a little bit more sensitive about the words that we say and how things are said. Um, I think that people understand and recognize probably now more so than ever that words matter um, and how important it is to think about the things that you say and make sure that what you're saying is kind of best conveying the thoughts that are in your mind. And so it's kind of interesting because we think about how we say certain things, like, for example, when we say women who don't work and they're stay-at-home moms. So I would submit to you that those might be women who are not employed, but I would guarantee you that they work. (laughs) As a person who has flirted with being a stay-at-home mom, at least during the period where um, after I've had my children, man, the women who, you know, do that, stay at home mom thing that it it's work and it's exhausting. You, you can't get away from it. Like at the end of your day, there is no end of your day. <laughs> yeah. You're still doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. And, and so I have, I have girlfriends you don't get to leave like, okay, I'm leaving the office. No, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I've like introduced some of my friends who, you know, are stay at home moms. And then I have other friends who um, are employed, but that may work from home. And so I love it when they make their introductions. And one of my girlfriends was like, oh, well, you know, I work from home. And my girlfriend, who's a stay-at-home mom, said, yeah, me too. That's my base. And I was like, I love it. Because you do need to own that and acknowledge that it's work. And it's very challenging because sometimes that the, the stay-at-home mom piece can be... Um, it can be a little isolating sometimes um, because you find yourself talking to little people all the time. And the next thing you know, you're like at a cocktail party and you say, excuse me, I got to go to the potty um, <laughs> because you're <laughs> so wrong. not. No, not no judgment, because um, I've definitely done it. But just the, the fact that you've been talking to little people all day. Um, and so we, I think there are a lot of misperceptions on both sides. And I read an article recently even about a stay-at-home dad. And it was an op-ed that a woman had written, and she was talking about some misperceptions that are out there about people who um, have 
one of their spouses to stay home. And especially if it's a little less traditional and it's a stay at home dad as opposed to a stay at home mom. And it was just such an eye opening article because she said, you know, things that people may misunderstand about my situation or about me. And she brought out some very poignant points that are just things that people say or the way that things come across. And you would believe that nobody wanted to be perceived in that way. But she just very elegantly laid out how those things could be hurtful. Um, And they also might be erroneous um, with respect to how people have articulated to her um, their concerns or their um, intrigue, if you will, <laughs> with the you know the specifics of their situation, and you know it was written in a way that really celebrated the contributions that they both make to their household and the way that they do it in different ways, and how that creates a good balanced life for her. Well, you know what's sort of ironic is the amount of guilt that we feel as women. So. I, when I'm talking to someone who, and they're a stay-at-home mom, I feel guilty that I'm not, right? Do so you ever have that feeling like, I think, gosh, she's there for her kids, and what does she think about me when I'm talking about all the things that I do and all the jobs I have? And I'm sure that on occasion, she's, whoever that woman is, is thinking the opposite to me. Oh, oh yeah. I feel so guilty because... I just stay at home and she's going to think that I don't have I don't do anything for myself and blah, blah. And I think that as women, we need to support each other more, even if our paths in life are different. I think feeling that guilt, I mean, let's get rid of it. It's not helping anyone. You know, sometimes when I'm with the other moms, like at my kid's school Mm -hmm. or something, and there's like a group of moms who stay home, I feel kind of like I don't belong, you know? But you and know, and there's silliness. Been, but there's like silliness. movies and TV shows that have addressed that very yeah. that very thing, and often in comedies. <laughs> yes, they and and it is intended to be lighthearted. I think, and sometimes that is the best way to present some information about ourselves that may be otherwise very difficult for us to deal with. But yeah, it's kind of like I I do the same thing as like the working mom. It I I am dead set and determined that I'm going to do a certain number of functions at my kid's school because I just felt like I have to I have to do that. I have to do that and be there. And the other piece is I've also felt like, you know what, the people who aren't necessarily employed, they also need some help. Like, do they have to always be the person who's showing up with the cookies? Like I can I can help and be present in the way that I can. But it's not about living up to other people's expectations. And it's about doing the things that you are able to do. I love to bake. I don't really have a ton of time. So if there are cupcakes at my school, I probably bought them. I probably didn't make them, but I never say that I made them. But the point is not that piece, whether it's something that you made. It's just about being there and being present and the things that matter. Um, And it's not really about having to choose one versus the other. I think that you can have a very balanced life, um, whether whether employment is a part of that or not. Um, because there are always going to be things that are competing for your time. There's so many things now that compete for our time and our attention. And, and we're moving so fast now um, that I think this is probably more of an issue. And while we have social media and all these other um, network platforms that connect us, 
we still kind of, it seems, are much more isolated. There's well, much that more isolation takes time. than we see. That takes time away. I mean, I'm looking at my phone in my some, you know, some part of my free time. And I could be playing a board game with my kids, you know. Right. We were on, and we were on vacation um, a couple of weeks ago. And my family, we did our, our little family vacation. We were on a vacation and we were overlooking this really scenic, um, picturesque view. And there were tables with seats that were all scattered along what was the most beautiful sunset that I'd seen in a very long time. And I was actually up on a balcony in a building overlooking um, the area that was a big patio that had seats and tables. And I looked at my husband and I said, look down there and count the number of cell phones. And we were in this beautiful moment where it was just so it was just this beautiful, natural experience, this beautiful picture. And there were probably about 30 people down there. And I counted four people who did not have their cell phone in their hand looking down at it. Mm -hmm. And I said, and it's not to say that they weren't enjoying that moment and perhaps being there was enough, but it was just amazing to me. I always think about how as a little kid we would read, you know, we read stories and books, the sci-fi stuff, and there was all this talk and concern about how computers were going to eventually take over the world. (laughs) It's happening. (laughs) And I was kind of like, eh, it's just not going to be a big box like they thought it was. But I mean, this, this, concept of the obsession with our devices and those kinds of things. Um, I actually have been doing a little, um, done some experiments on my own self with how much time I spend or how much I lose on this phone or staring at my phone or on devices. Um, And it's actually pretty telling. I have a little alarm that sometimes goes off on my phone that basically says you're over your allotted time for today. So, you know, like even if I'm not paying attention you're to like, how much dang, time, it's I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or when that little that little notice pops up and tells me how long I've been on. It's amazing. But, um, you know, we are we're chatty girls here, so we can we can keep this thing going. We'd love to hear from you. Um, our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send us an email to women and MPB online dot org. Um, yeah, share share your stories. If you are a person who feels like you have reached that special place of balance, tell us how you did it because we're still trying to figure it out. You're we were gonna, like, no one's going to call Michelle because <laughs> nobody's done that. Everybody's too busy to call. They don't have time. No, but Nobody's we were, reached that balance. It we were exist. we were running around. It's so funny. We talked about this during the first break, how like we both came in running in today, frantic from crazy days. You've had a really busy travel schedule and it's not really getting much better. And, um, you know, I've done I've made the mistake of having two free hours and filling that up with like 10 different things. Um and then, and yes. then when I feel overwhelmed, I kind of have to have have to blame myself because um, I've taken I don't what I what I'm not intentional about scheduling yet, and I'm still working on that. Is just quiet yeah. time, time to be mindful yeah. and present, like you're talking about with the sunset. I mean, just time to kind of be in the present. We've talked about mindfulness a lot, mm. and just. It doesn't have to be some elusive thing. Mindfulness It's just taking some deep breaths and just cooling it out and just being there. And if it's working out, like for me, I do a lot of that at the gym. And what I, t- I just ran here from a gym class. Hey, ladies, by the way, they're all supposed to be listening. But, you know, I, I always say for 55 minutes, you just need to concentrate on what's happening yeah. in this room because this thinking about are. other stuff is not going to help. 
This is about you. Finding time for you. But you know the thing that's really funny is... You're not good at finding time for you. I know you. Oh, boo hiss. Anyway, I'm, but I am a work <laughs> in progress. I shook my finger at her, people. I, she did. You didn't I, see it. I'm a work in progress. I'm that's still right. working on that's it. Right. But, you know, it's so funny because I talked about that sunset, but I'm going to say the shame on me. So here's the shame on me. The, the sun sets just about every day. <laughs> so why did it take me having to be on a vacation in a place that's so that, you know, where, right. where it was an intentional trip that where we're doing this? Why did it take that for me to recognize the beauty of a sunset? Because there are sunsets here and there are times when I'm driving home from work. And you see these beautiful pink and purple hues as the sun is setting and you can see it just kind of skimming across those beautiful clouds. And that like there are so many of those opportunities that happen regularly. It doesn't have to be a fancy moment. Um, And yet, you know, we miss the we miss it. Um, And I just think that. So I I had one of those like really nostalgic moments on the 4th of July because we hung out with family and my kids had a blast and um, I didn't have to work, which was great because usually I'm the person at work who ends up working the summer holiday. So it's either 4th of July or or Labor Day. I have to work. And so I actually had a summer holiday where I didn't work and it was wonderful. And, you know, all of those things that we experienced that day, whether it was being with family and these aren't people who lived far away. These are people who we who we live close to, but who we don't see together that way very often. And to see my children run around and playing with their cousins and all that, it just really made me feel great. And I think about that song by Trace Atkins, you're going to miss this. So if anybody follows me on Facebook, you know, I had posted the lyrics to that song where he says, you're going to wish these days didn't go by so fast. These are some good times. Take it. Just, just take a look around. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. And it's true. We, we miss out on, so many of the small magical moments that are really buried in routine um, just by not taking the time to step away, to unplug, to notice and to be mindful and be in that moment. And I think that that is, you know, when I was doing some research and trying to think about what we could talk about for today and one of the things that we thought I thought would be a good topic are, well, what's out there for people who recognize that they are out of balance or they don't feel like they have balance in their lives and how could they start? What are some things that they could do? And um, after we come back from our next break, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But in the research and the stuff that's out there, it's, you know, overwhelmingly, that's one of the things people say, unplug, be mindful. I want to hear from other people what they do to unplug. Yeah, we'd we'd love to know. We'd like to hear from you again. This is Southern Remedy for Women. Um, Dr. Owens and Dr. Brown are in. We are talking about career, motherhood, work-life balance, life balance, and all things related to being balanced and happy and living your best life. Um, We will be right back after we pay some bills, and we would love to hear from you. We'll be right back on, on Southern Remedy for Women. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. with Southern Remedy for Women. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and my co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. We're here just talking about um, life balance and those of us that are constantly in pursuit of it. um, We'd love to hear from you. If you are a person who's found it, please feel free to give us a call or send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. And we're just sharing some things. So we've just kind of been um, talking about... um, several different observations that we have had um, with respect to this and also sharing some of our personal stories with respect to uh, uh, our respective challenges, which, you know, are similar in some ways and um, are a little different in others. Um, We definitely love to hear um, your stories or your experiences. Um, But what uh, I'd like to kind of segue to now is just kind of talking about... um, tips or things that can be done to achieve balance. And we started discussing this on the last, uh, at the end of the last segment, really talking about um, mindfulness and how being in the moment can at least help to relieve stress. And hopefully by relieving stress, that kind of helps you to put things more into perspective. Now, it doesn't mean that necessarily you are giving as much time, effort, and energy to those things that bring you joy. Um, but at least being able to have more control over how you respond to the situation that you find yourself in until you are in a place where you can give more time, effort, and energy to the things that give you joy, I think is a definite good first start. Um, so that would be one. Um, and, you know, the whole concept of mindfulness may also be related to um are similar to unplugging devices, those kinds of things that may, it's interesting how people will respond to, for example, social media or social media posts. I've had people that have expressed to me intense displeasure and anger over something that they've seen posted on social media. So, you know, in how that can get you riled up or you have this huge emotional response or things that people can post that may be mean or hurtful or disappointing. They can also kind of create more stress or, yeah, or um, leave you in a less emotionally positive place. Um, It just has been really surprising to me. It's I, I feel for our children because they're growing up in a time that's very different. I mean, we hear about cyberbullying. We had just a regular kid on the corner who wanted to beat you up and take your lunch money. Yeah, I can't even imagine yeah. being or, a kid in this day and age. Or the, I can't. Not, or the kid who just walks down the walks down the aisleway of the bus and is like, you can't sit there. That's my seat. And you're kind of like, seriously? I'll be, I'm, but I'm here and get up, sit somewhere else, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like that, that kind of pr- bullying as opposed to, you know, what people have to experience and how people can sometimes be very cold, cruel, and heartless Really cruel on, on social media and who many times I think often are not intending for those things that they say to be seen by the people that they're seen by and many times are so influential when that might not have even been their intent, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just so far-reaching. Um, so that's another thing I think that can also be a source of stress. So we're going to go to the phone lines because we have Jenny who's calling us from Bay Springs. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. How are you? 
good. I just have uh, some thoughts. I was listening to you while I did my Pilates. Uh, anyway, um, that's a good way to be balanced. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's real important in this whole deal is that both, if at all possible, I know there's a lot of single women out there that are raising children, but if you have a, a couple raising children, the, the guy has to be in this deal. He has to, you know, realize that it's a, it takes both to raise a child, not just the the wife, you know. And my husband changed diapers, and he um, cleaned bathrooms, and, you know, and, and people are shocked today when I say, oh, my husband's cleaned the bathroom. Oh, he cleans bathrooms? I said, of course he does. It's our, you know, he owns this house, I own this house. We both have to work together to get it, things done. And I think that's real a real important element of being a successful family partnership now jenny i think you're you're right but i'm gonna since we've got you on the line i'm gonna ask you to share your secret so was that something that so when you married him was that something that he did from the very beginning or did you encourage slash wife train him tell me oh i don't know i think he had (laughs) enough sense no i didn't i didn't know when I married him, I was just stupid. I didn't know what he would do. But, you know, but after a while, I, I think it was him that had realized that, you know, I was up till 10 o'clock at night finishing up, you know, with a baby and a job and, you know, all this stuff. So I think it dawned on him he had to be a part of it or he'd never see me because, you know, I'd be still working, you know, doing stuff around the house. And so he, I don't know, he just, did it and my son does that too he washes i I raised him to to do that you know but he he washes clothes and does all that cleans the house a role model yeah you have to you you just have to have that changing diapers and doing all that stuff it's just a part of the deal you know you, you gotta have a oh you know the two of you working together i love it thanks so much for sharing that and i think you're spot on um it, I always say, you know, phone a friend and, you know, the partnership piece is really important. And I think everybody's households are different. But when it comes to the things that you need, I think good partners share their needs with their other partners because that gives that other person an opportunity to really be able to 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 help and to try to make things better for the whole the whole team. You know, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Thanks yes. so much for your call. I hope you have a great week. I want to say one more thing. Oh, I, I'm, retired, I'm retired now. I'm a woman. I reti- I'm retired. As a, I was a school teacher for 30 years or so. And anyway, um, it, it changes when you don't have children at home and, you know, your whole life changes. And that's a big, you know, that's a big deal, too, to how do you do your retirement years when you know, now used to I would I was a school teacher, so I had the summer off. So during the summer, I would say, "Oh, I got to get X, Y, Z done." You know, by X by a certain time because I was under that restraint of a t- you know going to work. Mm-hmm. But now I've always got tomorrow, so I really get less done now than I did when I was working. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if you hit up against a deadline, you start really booking it, right? <laughs> exactly. You structure, you lose your structure a lot of times mm-hmm. when you retire, and I've got to find that. You know, I've still got problems with, you know, how to balance that. So it's it's always something. Yeah, but I think the other part is though, 
when you if you've retired, I feel like you've kind of earned that right. You know, you've put in time you have. And especially as a teacher. And this is from uh, the person who is on on this mic, who is the the, the child of school teachers and um, my husband, too. We're we're the children of educators and for the wonderful work that you do and for how overwhelmingly undervalued teachers are in our society in general yeah you you totally earned a, a get a, a pass to be able to just kind of kick your feet back and procrastinate till tomorrow if you want to <laughs> but yeah thanks so much for that well you're welcome and it was good talking to y'all good talking to you too See, I like that, the partnership thing. Partnership's good. And the other part is don't expect your partner to be a mind reader. You just got to let them, yeah, make sure that you tell them what you need. Um, I couldn't do what I'd do without my husband. I mean, sometimes it's I'm not going to be home or maybe I'm home, but I've just had it. And I have to say, please give these boys a bath or please cook dinner. And he he does it. You know, I mean, we you have to you have to share, especially if you both work. But if you're home all day and then you're. I can imagine your husband comes home and and he's like acting all tired, but you were home with the kids all day. You probably want to strangle him when he sits on the sofa. You probably want to yeah. say, could I could I have a chance to sit on the sofa, too? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, hey, guess who's been with our children all day, keeping them safe? Here and, they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you spend a little time with them? Because I'm about to go crazy right, right now. Yeah. Um, no, but see, and, and but I think that there has there has to be a way that you proactively think about having those discussions. And that's kind of why I asked Jenny what I asked her. Was yeah. he like that? Or did, was that something that was he learned? Understanding they yeah. Had. Or did he learn that about you over time? Because um, I think that sometimes we're reluctant to share those things that might be helpful until it reaches a critical breaking point. And then our ability to articulate it becomes screaming, somebody get these kids, you know, or whatever. But yeah, there's you know, always something it, behind the frustration. Exactly. That's right. When and and then you feel like then you have to talk about all of the times that you wish that somebody would help or that you'd wish X was done. Or it would really be easier for me if you could do or and then it becomes you don't do anything. Um, so how do you have the conversations or find a way to share in a non- stressful environment hey these kinds of things would make it easier or because and and i've had my husband say to me can you pick two or three things um that you would like to do or take on to help with house stuff because i always say he's like the ceo and i'm the coo right so i do operations but he's like the ceo um and so being able to have those conversations and if he's listening, he's going to be like, and how many of those did she pick? And what did she say? And I'm going to be like, wah, wah. <laughs> but, um, but the fact that he said to me, hey, um, you know, if you would like to take on X, that would really make things a whole lot easier for me. And so sometimes what I've started doing is asking the question. I'll just say, hey, is there something I could do? You know, or if I, if I can sense that he's stressed or that things are, or he's spending, you're spending a lot of time at the office. Is there something I can do here to make when you get here easier. What can I do? Um, Asking those kinds of questions. Um, And it's actually been really helpful because he is a person who's willing to give me 
some answers to the questions. He didn't go, oh, nothing. I can handle it all. But instead, he's like, oh, well, this, this, and this would really make my life easier. I mean, because a lot of people, they don't want to admit that they need some help. So it takes a strong person to delegate, frankly. Yeah. And I think sometimes just asking if you can help makes it a little easier to open the lines of communication so that someone who may want help can actually say it without necessarily having to ask. All right. So that being said, we're going to go to Bob and Brandon. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Fine, thank you. I've been enjoying the show. Oh, well, great. I was was listening to the the idea about men cleaning the house and helping around the house. Uh, Gosh, we do that all. That's what my wife and I have done since we got married. I mean, 52 years later, we're still doing it. But I think one of the things that, that got me started was my mother. And when I was growing up, I was right beside her drying dishes, or she'd make me run the vacuum or, you know, sweep this and does that. And so I learned early on that it's, it's not anything that that, uh, that guys should not do. Uh, and, and my wife and I, I'll run the vacuum, I'll mop floors, I'll wash dishes, I dust, and she does the same thing. It just, when we need it done, we just both bitch in and go for it. I love it. That's why you've been married 52 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use that as part of the recipe to success. Bob, show my so boys much. how to vac. Actually, they already vacuum. They like that. But, oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. Thanks so great. much for sharing, Bob. That's awesome. Okay. See, people are getting, you too. So people are getting not only keys to a successful marriage, but they're also getting work-life balance stuff. Um, We're about to take our last break of the hour. Um, So if you are planning on calling and you've been scared to dial those numbers, get ready, get your fingers ready. Um, We're about to take our last break and we will be back right in, I guess, in a couple of minutes. This is Southern Remedy for Women. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're here for our final segment of Southern Remedy for Women. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, here in the studio with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. Thanks. And we are talking about life balance balancing life the search the the never-ending search and quest for Often balance fruitless but <laughs> for balance and happiness um, thanks so much for those of you who have called in and shared your stories if you'd still like to please feel free to do so our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. email is still wide open women at mpb online.org so um so we've been talking about uh different tips to try to achieve balance. Um, And some of it is about making decisions, systematic decisions. I think it's it's safe to say start small. Um, And as you kind of get a little bit closer, I think the way becomes a little bit more clear. 
Um, the other thing is unplugging and kind of being mindful and being in the moment, which helps to reduce stress. Um, here's one that I love. Limit time wasting activities oh, and people. People, toxic people. So I, and you know, it's interesting when I saw that time wasting people, I remember I went to like a Franklin Covey or some uh, time management um, seminar years ago. Um, I I think I was still in school and um, I just remember the person saying, you have to be able to identify the time stealers in your life. And so for a while, it was an ongoing joke. Right. Like I would recognize, oh, that person's a time stealer. Um, And but but it is so true, like limiting your exposure to people who waste or steal your time who and who because there's always that one person who can come around while you're in the middle of something and you look up very kindly and you say, yeah, I really got this deadline and da 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 da. And they stay there and keep talking. (laughs) And you are still working. And it seems like the harder you try to focus and the harder you try to work, the more they stand there and the more that they talk. Um, And so how you can very pleasantly and diplomatically limit those kinds of interactions. I'm just thinking for someone like that, you ask them to do something for you and then they'll stop coming. (laughs) Be like, hey, could you drop this off at the blah, blah? Then they won't come by you anymore. You give them a test. Every time somebody, yeah, every yeah. time you go, they give you Just something to something do. Just have something on tap that you can give them, I don't know. But, that's actually, but I think that's a, it's actually a good, a good strategy. So but I think small. you have to be mindful of those people who are the time stealers yeah, in your life. A, and, and time stealing activities, which this whole phone yes. thing and the phone like obsession or... Checking the much, email a bunch of times mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm guilty of that, you know, just kind of wanting to knock them out. Or yeah. You always do kind of the thing that you want to do least last Yes. But sometimes either breaking that task, if that task is very daunting, breaking it up into smaller tasks and kind mm-hmm. of knocking it out in pieces yeah. or trying to tackle it first so you don't keep pushing it off, pushing yeah. it off. And because then if you do the thing you don't like first, then think about it. Everything You're else. Free. Absolutely. Everything else is wonderful. And and so the problem of waiting and saving the worst for last is that then you don't have anything that you enjoy or like that can break up that monotony. Well, it's the end yeah. of the day and you say, oh, now I don't feel like doing this. I'll do it tomorrow. And that <laughs> happens every day for three months, right? <laughs> and then you're at your deadline. Yeah, and then you're like, oh. you are, yeah, you're yeah. in crisis mode. So, um, yeah, and that was, I actually saw another article about managing things as opposed to managing crisis, mm-hmm. crises. So not always having Proactive. to be in crisis, man- crisis manage mode, um, which I think is another... Um, which is another good tip. Um, an- one other one that said that I saw said limit perfectionism, and this is something mm-hmm. where I really struggle. They, like there are times when I am so laid back in Hakuna Matata, and I don't care. And then for whatever reason, unbeknownst to me, like crazy OCD lady comes out, and and then it's about this perfection. Like it has to be perfect, and if it's not perfect, then somehow I'm a failure. And you know, or and I, it, there's nothing wrong with wanting something that you do for you to be able to give your best um, and to have the things that you are associated with to be of good, good quality. Right. But at the same time, this, we all know that the concept of perfect is in and of itself unattainable. And so this concept of perfectionism, which can really only allow you to lose more time, 
and leave you less fulfilled and less happy. And I've just come to the conclusion lately that, you know, I'm kind of in a grenade mentality. Yeah, it's close enough. We're good. Um, and, and you know what? Sometimes it's good to be able to just have something Let that... Go. Yeah, and it's not perfect. And you know what? Even when I think it's perfect, it's still not perfect anyway. So d- shooting for my best effort as opposed to perfect has really been a source of liberation for me. Um, because eh, we're we're perfectly imperfect, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So what else do you do? I'm trying to trying to have that same balance as you. We I, got like about 40 seconds left before I we I try not to surround myself with uh, people who bring me down or situations that drain me. It's been hard, and it, it doesn't mean that it never happens. But, um, you know, just stepping away from something where you see it coming that it's it's not going to benefit you and not in a selfish way, but when you're not at your best, you're not at your best for anybody. So thinking about things in your life like that, I think that's that's, pretty, that's one of my jams there. I think that's awesome. Um, so hopefully everyone has come away from this with some little tidbit that can kind of either help you continue on your journey of balance. Um, life is ebb and flow. And so if it's balanced now, it doesn't mean it's going to be balanced later. We have to be intentional about those things. Um, and we hope that as we continue in our journey, that you also are fruitful and successful in yours. Um, you hear the music? That means it's time for us to get out of here. Today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Jay White um, with Dr. Allie Brown. I'm Michelle Owens. Thanks for being with us and join us next week at 11 o'clock for Southern Remedy for Women. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.